Hello, welcome to Another Finger. This is a podcast about bringing mindful awareness off of the cushion and into our daily lives. I recommend committing to a daily meditation practice for better physical and mental health. It is amazing what we can learn about ourselves when we are still. Only when still does the water become clear. Well, sticking with my bi-weekly schedule, I saw that an episode would be due on Christmas Day, so I decided to share some of my thoughts on this time of year. I was raised Mormon, that is, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I grew up celebrating Christmas, just as every other child celebrating Christmas does, with hopes of being rewarded immensely by Santa Claus for all of the year's good behavior. I have many childhood memories of large family gatherings, sipping warm, non-caffeinated beverages, opening gifts left by Santa overnight, and reenacting the biblical Christmas story with a mascara beard drawn on my prepubescent face. These were good times. Later in my adolescence, Christmas didn't have the same magic. My mother had passed away, my paternal grandmother also, whom we spent many Christmases with, and not much seemed to happen after that. The people who made things happen were no longer there to bring us together. The glue was gone. So the spirit of Christmas began to fade when I was fairly young. For a few years, as I became more devout in my faith as a missionary for my church, the Christ part of Christmas was very important to me. This would be the gratitude part, being grateful for the greatest gift one could give their life for me. I felt this, the most important Christian-centric piece of the holiday, was missing. I was deeply involved in studying and practicing, preaching and teaching my faith at that time, for that is almost all I did for two straight years. My life experience was limited and my focus narrow. Later in life, I continued to study, but I expanded my focus. I suppose you could say that I put a wider lens onto my camera body, allowing me to see and take in more information. After studying about the harmful consequences of religious belief throughout the centuries, I left the faith, any and all faiths, behind to become what I could best describe at the time as a secular humanist. Around this time, I also began to see the dark underbelly of consumerist culture and pushed back against that as well. With one eye focused on the harms caused by religious belief and the other eye focused on the harms of unrestrained consumerism, I completely lost the spirit of Christmas. I didn't want to either support the religious aspect of the holiday nor the consumerist aspect, so I rejected it altogether not yet seeing there could be, and has been, many other ways to celebrate this time of year. Our focus has a deterministic quality to it. If we choose a cynical view, that is determined by the set of facts or opinions we choose to enhance through our focus. It's not entirely different than a camera. You see something you'd like to take a photo of, you point the camera in the desired direction and look through a viewfinder. You then set your f-stop and focus accordingly, oftentimes blurring anything in the foreground or background to great effect. 
even before you've chosen your ideal settings to best represent what you want to see in the resulting photo, your view has already been limited to whatever you see inside that viewfinder frame. We go through our lives looking through a viewfinder, micro-adjusting these settings, these focal points, generally creating an ever-narrowing worldview. Often, to bolster or to reject the society in which we are raised, to the exclusion of everything else. This is what I was doing unknowingly as I chose to place my focus on all the problems in the world, adopting a fairly cynical view. I chose to stand in opposition to many things, including Christmas, at the expense of being able to see the benefits many of these very things brought with them. I suppose you could say that I fell into cancel culture before there was even a name for it. As I mentioned before, I rejected religion, consumerism, but also corporations, governments, politicians, capitalism, particular genres of music and film, literally anything that I deemed guilty of a past atrocity, or anything or anyone who did something stupid or simply didn't agree with my worldview or aesthetic preferences. In my head, I was being open-minded, but I was just as reactionary as the worst people you might find on social media today. I feel like I was lucky enough to get out of there before things got really bad. But, as with all things, nothing is all bad. Religion can be bad. Capitalism can be bad. People can be bad. Christmas, too, can be bad. We acknowledge that each of us are faulty from time to time. So why would it be that we expect institutions created and run and practiced by faulty people to be without flaw? No matter the thing, its very existence is evidence of its eventual decay and fragility. I take my previously limited views on many topics as an example and see how they have shifted and even turned upside down over the years, and so it is with Christmas. I've slowly been allowing for multiple things even contradicting things, to be simultaneously true. It has been my study of the Tao Te Ching which has opened my mind to the reality of the balance in all things. Exemplified in the symbol of the yin-yang, there are equal parts white and black, not split down the middle, but intertwined and moving together, relying on one another. It becomes difficult to label things or events or persons as good or bad when this concept becomes a lived reality. The lotus flower needs mud in order to blossom. I've touched on this in many other episodes and I'll repeat it here again. If we step back and look more broadly, adjust the aim and focus of our camera, we can find that it is impossible to give anything a definitively good or bad label. Nothing exists on its own. Everything is intertwined. Everything is just the way it is, for now, until it changes, which it certainly will. Christmas itself wasn't always the Christmas we know today. Before Christians in Rome claimed this to be Jesus' birthday, it was a months-long holiday called Saturnalia, which was a celebration of Saturn, the god of agriculture practiced by hedonistic pagans in Rome long before the birth of Jesus. There was also the celebration of the birth of Mithra on December 25th, an infant god said to be born of a rock. 
It was in the 4th century that Pope Julius I chose December 25th as Jesus' birthday, possibly a deliberate move to overtake the widely popular pagan holiday, or maybe just to ease future converts into Christianity by allowing them to continue this celebration with a different name and aim. In the beginning, Christmas, or the Nativity Feast as it was originally called, was a rowdy, drunken street party similar to today's Mardi Gras. The replacement was clearly a success, but it wasn't until the 19th century that Christmas was widely practiced in the U.S. and even later became the family-oriented holiday it is now. The early settlers of America, being Puritans from England, biblical Puritans, rejected this celebration due to its pagan roots, for Jesus' birth date is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible. In fact, the celebration of Christmas was outlawed in Boston, Massachusetts from 1659 to 1681. In response to a Christmas riot in 1828, New York instituted the city's first police force. This apparently moved some in the upper classes to change the way the holiday was celebrated, and it wasn't until June 26, 1870, that Christmas became a federal holiday. Things change. What we now call the 12 Days of Christmas has its roots in Scandinavia, where the Norse would celebrate Yule during the winter solstice by lighting huge logs on fire and feasting until the logs burned out, sometimes taking 12 days. Even Santa Claus was originally a celebration of the death of St. Nicholas, who lived around 280 AD, a wealthy man from Turkey, who gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled around the countryside helping the sick and the poor. This tradition came to the U.S. with Dutch migrants in the late 18th century in New York. This image of St. Nicholas shifted in 1822 with the poem now widely known as The Night Before Christmas, written by Clement Clark Moore. Then, in 1881, this image of Santa Claus was immortalized by Thomas Nast, a cartoonist who drew inspiration from Moore's 1822 poem. And this is how the ancient Nicholas became the Santa Claus we have today. Again, things change. This is not a complete history, of course. It's just to quickly demonstrate how things morph and evolve over time. So the phrase Happy Holidays, this time of year, is simply an acknowledgement of history and the great diversity of ancient traditions, some of which have been absorbed and modified by Christianity over the years. I find it quite amusing when Christians complain that Christmas has become secular or that it has little to do with Christ these days. Perhaps that is because Christians have adopted and co-opted many other cultural traditions for nearly 2,000 years. Again, things change. So remember this next time someone claims Merry Christmas is being supplanted by Happy Holidays or is somehow offensive. Just keep in mind that holiday is a derivation of Holy Day. To me, they are virtually synonymous. Just as I don't hear holy days and holidays, I don't hear Christ, Mass, and Christmas. Most immediately in my mind, I hear a number of mostly cheery songs which are almost intolerable any time of year. I see a rosy-cheeked Santa in a sleigh stuffed with gifts or slinking down an oversized chimney. 
I picture snow in the yard blanketing the dead and dormant foliage and a well-decorated tree. So if celebrating Jesus' birth is your thing during this time of year, enjoy a little historical context next time you're afraid that your version of the holiday is being overtaken by us secular heathens. We can all celebrate in our own way, as has been the case among many cultures and many places for millennia, long before Jesus. I think there is room for everyone. Let us be filled with the joy of togetherness. Let us be merry. Let us be happy. I now celebrate what I see as the spirit of Christmas, which I believe to be giving and kindness and love and showing gratitude for my life and for the many wonderful people in it. I suppose it's the spirit of old Saint Nick that most resonates with me. Giving what you can to those less fortunate. Though this holiday has been corporatized, along with anything else that has the potential to make money, I'm no longer letting that sour what this holiday can be. That is, a determined time of year to celebrate the people in my life who mean the most to me. If this means buying or making them something, or sending them a card, or showing my gratitude in some other way, so be it. It's my approach to the whole thing that will make it pleasant or unpleasant. We always have the option to frame things in a different way and to refocus our camera lens. Personally, I'm trying my best not to let the dark overshadow the light, to refrain from over or under exposure, to rather look for the good in things and in people while acknowledging the bad. I don't mean to say that we should ignore every perceived wrong in the world, but to know that it's all part of a greater whole. Sometimes an injustice is the very thing which might inspire change. It's important to know when there are problems and to do what we can to make a difference in our lives and in the lives of those around us and in the lives of those yet to come. This is all part of it. Acceptance of things we cannot change and taking action when and where we can. For me, it is important to use this short life to be happy and I don't know that this is possible when my attention is purely focused on negativity. I need to remember balance. I need to let a little more light in. So I will. This being our first Christmas as parents, we're trying to figure out what traditions we'd like to share with our little June bug. Perhaps it's a sprinkle of the old and new. A blend of mine and Jay's favorites. So far, this holiday season has been shared with close family and friends, some of whom I haven't seen for a long time. Some have just met the little one for the first time or will meet her later today, and I'm looking forward to sharing some wonderful memories of family, gingerbread houses, warm beverages, gifts and gratitude with our beautiful little daughter. It will be interesting to see how the years unfold. Anyways, I hope this message finds you well and that the stresses of the season weren't too overwhelming. It can certainly be tough at times navigating this terrain. Remember, this is the season for sharing loving kindness and for remembering that we rely so much on others, and especially the earth, for our happiness and survival. We're coming out of the darkest part of winter, thanks to the ever-reliable rotation of the earth around the sun, which gives us predictably changing seasons year after year. As Marcus Aurelius said of change, 
but what can exist without it? What's closer to nature's heart? Can any vital process take place without something being changed? Can't you see? It's just the same with you, and just as vital. Change, indeed, is what makes all things possible. Oh, the Stoics. We'll talk about them soon enough. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Until next time, enjoy.